talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. It's Happy Tuesday time. <laughs> Hi. Valentine's Day. Yes, Happy Valentine's Day. Day. It is. I love that. Martha's got her red on. I think I, 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 want, I missed that memo. I missed the color memo for uh, Valentine's oh, I, Day. <laughs> so did I. We're, we're together on given. that. It's a given. It is a given. I messed up <laughs> that one. Next year. I'll get it next year. Well, welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by our guest, Andrew Miller. Thank you for joining us, Andrew, and welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you. Awesome. Thank you for having me so much. It's been great. Absolutely. Well, can you just give our listeners kind of a brief rundown of yourself and your business just so they can get to know you a little bit? Yeah, that's uh, absolutely. So um, I, uh, I am a entrepreneur. I've had a couple different businesses. I have a background in recruiting, some marketing, uh, home services. Uh, most recently, I'm the co-founder of Service Ally, which is a um, you know, done-for-you program designed to build recurring revenue into home service businesses. Uh, I also am the, the founder of uh, Blue Renegade Agency, which is a uh, no-code software development agency. So basically, in short, that means I just help uh, integrate and automate small small business tech stacks or softwares or create custom software um, at an affordable cost uh, for small businesses and small businesses and startups. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's a little bit of, of it. Do you want me to go into more, more detail? I I enjoy hiking, uh, hiking in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon. Uh, play board games, reading. I read a lot, so that's that's fun. Awesome. I enjoy AI yeah, tools. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about <laughs> We'll be able to kind of really cover each one of these segments with you today. It's just going to be really exciting. Um, so awesome. thank you for that introduction. And good morning, Steve. Hope you're having a good morning there. Um, my name is Taylor Maroney, and I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. And my background is in marketing as well. So I come from the marketing industry where I really helped business owners understand the numbers behind their marketing so they can make better decisions based upon that. And also really love to live in the world. <laughs> I am. I'm excited. We're going to have a lot of fun today, kind of talking marketing. So I'm excited to be back on Fight Club with everyone and welcome back to Fight Club. And I'm brain dead today. So go ahead and take it over, Megan. <laughs> uh, I think Most we all are back to me. Yeah, the five of us just got back from a pretty intense experience. Uh, we were at GutterCon. We had our third admin bootcamp adventure. It was a success. We uh, had some guest appearances at a Christmas light training with Donovan. It, we went to Disney World. It was like a whirlwind week. A lot. We are all settling back in. Uh, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own a full-service accounting firm called Likes Accounting Company. Uh, I own a window cleaning, gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California. 
I feel like I should add Service Ally in there. I am a co-founder of a company called Service Ally with Andrew Miller, and uh, we are working hard to bring recurring revenue into home service businesses that have struggled with that in the past. Um, and there's a couple more things that I'm sure I'm forgetting, but I'm happy to be back on Fight Club this week. And Andrew, we're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, shameless plug. Hey there, there Andrew. <laughs> Hey there, Andrew. I'm Michelle, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we put remote admins in your service business. So if you need help with the phones and emails and tasks and all of that stuff that can bury you very easily, um, Pink Collars can help you. We also, I also co-own a home service business. So my husband does a floor coatings company here in Northern Virginia. And you said two things on Valentine's Day. And although I do love my husband dearly, you said tech and stack in the same sentence. So I might be in love with you. Happy Valentine's oh. Day. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to you about tech and systems. <laughs> thank you for joining us. <laughs> Amazing. No, thank you. I'm excited to talk all about right. that too. That was fantastic. <laughs> And my name is Martha Woodward, and I have my background cutting my teeth in the maid service business, learned a lot about um, leading people in the right direction. And so I now have a, a course business and also co-founder of Quality Driven Software. And Andrew and I just recently got the chance to be together and geek out about all things AI and how you can put that into other softwares. It's like a, it's like a no code type of software. So anyway, yes. I have to wrap you at because they were nerding out about AI at a, from a private suite <laughs> at a professional basketball game where other people were watching basketball and drinking beer. And these two were in a corner talking about training modules with AI and automation. <laughs> I had on the TV. I was watching and uh, the... we, were, we were checking in on the game, even though we were nerding out, you know, it's, it, it's called multitasking or, uh, you know, automating our time. It's about it, priorities, right? It's sadly very fun to talk about all that stuff. So, I may or may not have been hiding in a corner on somebody's like foldable cell phone on a Google Sheet writing formulas. So I cannot. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, oh, <laughs> you were probably doing something very similar. I don't. Oh, yeah. The ringleader. Different. Leader. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, this is what happens when you put business owners in a suite at a basketball game. They just can't stop businessing. So, well, as we, <laughs> as we continue here, I'm going to steal you first. Um, and we're going to talk, Andrew, about some marketing. And what I do want to talk about, since you do have that marketing background, and we want to talk kind of numbers and stuff as well in that realm, I want to talk about how to market a recurring service. Because a lot of business owners want to add this in. This is a very high topic of conversation right now. But they get stuck in that position of, well, how do I just tell my current customers or my you know, new customers that we really have this service we want to push without being too salesy, too pitchy, too pushy on that customer? Because I think a lot of business owners feel as though it can be, I don't want to say like spammy or salesy or scammy, but they feel as though they're like, some feel like they might be taking advantage by asking for more from a client when realistically you're doing what's best for the client by providing that service more and giving them a better quality experience. So 
in your opinion, what is the best way to kind of start when talking about the marketing side of recurring revenue? Absolutely. This is this is a obviously a very crucial and critical part of the whole process. So I, I'm going to start off by saying, whenever you're uh, marketing or communicating about um, a some kind of recurring service program or trying to implement a recurring service program into your business, it, there's kind of two pillars. Um, that sorry about that. There's only one person that comes through my do not disturb, and that is my wife. Oh. <laughs> actually, no, there's there's <laughs> there is two people. There's uh. Jenny, my wife, and Megan, <laughs> actually. So you're the, the two people that come through. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, that was Jenny, my wife, um, checking on me and saying, um, and she's a great, another great person to have on the show in her own right. She has uh, shameless plugs for her her little business. Anyway, um, so we're uh, sorry. Your question was uh, recurring service and everything. So there's two yeah. two primary pillars. But yeah, how how to market that and how to communicate to customers. Two primary pillars. Uh, that when you're thinking about implementing a recurring service program, maintenance program, membership program, however that looks like. Number one, it has to be simple and easy for the customer to understand and ultimately sign up. Uh, and, and just painlessly simple uh, and, and easy and efficient. And the second one is probably a, a more of a Michelle thing. Uh, it needs to be easy and, to operate and automate on the back end. So maybe we'll get into that, get that with you, Michelle. Uh, but on the on the front end, the way we're, um, we're we're doing this and how we've really you know tinkered and and made this whole program work is we want to be communicating to the customer in in simple terms how how this program works. So for, for our purposes for Service Ally, um, for home service companies, window cleaning, pressure washing, um, you know gutter cleaning, we're we're giving the, the value proposition very easily, saying, hey, you know, Mrs. Jones, our star our star star customer. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to communicate them at every point, every uh, part of the journey. So when they're getting a quote from us on ResponseBit or, or you know, whatever other software uh, that you use for your quoting or sales, uh, we're communicating with them about, hey, did you know that you could get our service, our quality service year round and keep your, your house looking amazing all year round? On the job, when we finish the job, we have a script for, for, for the text to say, hey, Mrs. Jones, uh, hope you enjoyed the, you know, and do a walk around the house. Uh, say, hey, Mr. Jones, we'd love, we'd love to keep this uh, your property and your home looking pristine, you know, clean year-round. Uh, and we're telling them about to telling them about it in that moment. We also have other touch points of, you know, automated emails and uh, automated direct mailers, um, texts. Really, we're trying to convey in not being pushy, but trying to convey in as, as little terms as possible how this is going to benefit them and, and really speak into their pain points. Um, I love um, this. You want to clean so out? Yeah. Very similar, very similar. I mean, in the way my marketing brain is thinking right now to how it takes seven to 10 touches to get a client initially. So we're repeating that same process, right? We're taking, you know, small bite sized steps and touches to make sure that we're showing them, hey, we have this service, Mrs. Jones. This is exactly what we can provide for you all year round. And, you know, it's, it spits into this membership. You get this X amount of premium, whatever you know, you know whatever the company designs around that service and recurring service or membership, like you said, but it does take multi, it's not going to be sold on the first one. Like it's not, right. we have to get that idea kind of like out of our head. It took yeah. seven to 10 touches for them to come to you initially. Now we're trying to initially upsell them in a sense to going into a recurring service that is going to better them as the homeowner and as your client. But again, it takes those seven to 10 touches. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that for people listening, because that's very important to notate 
that just because they got to you doesn't mean they're automatically going to bite on the upsell right away. So well, I'm going to let you continue. Statistically, statistically, we've noticed that 10% of customers will do that. So your seven to 10 touches is pretty dead on. Like one out of 10 times, somebody will say, oh, yeah, I want you to do that again at the first service before the first service. Uh, we have other statistics about what happens after that first service, but it's kind of fascinating. Like when you give yourself the grace about that 10%, you're like, oh, okay, well, how do we, how do we improve that experience? Absolutely. Exactly. And I think, I think two quick comments uh, on this. Number one, I think, uh, Megan, at this point, we have about 15 to 20 different touch points, everything from specific emails or, you know, a mailer or an actual conversation with a tech, uh, you know, those being touch points to even, you know, a PSNA, hey, we're on our way, you know, text you know ps would you like to have this you know so we have a membership discount membership program or whatever you want to call it um so that that's it, it's absolutely uh communicating more value or you know communicating more times uh is more important because our, our our customers are busy they they have a lot of things going on just like just like absolutely. us and just like anyone and the more the more times you can either remind them of a service that is for their benefit and also the more times you can um uh, you can communicate the value in, in also simple terms, right? I think that's another pitfall that we have here is we either overcomplicate the sign-up process, we overcomplicate, you know, the communication. And the more the more easily and the more, uh, you know, painless and, and streamlined you can make that process for your customer, the more they're going to love you. They, they want a simplified life. They want a more simple life. Uh, and mm -hmm. if you can take more responsibility and work off of, off of their plate, then they'll love you forever. Awesome. Okay. So I want to briefly talk about simplified terms because I do feel like this is something that people overdo as you're explaining right now when it comes to talking about these types of recurring services. So a lot of people tend to like throw all the value, like you're going to get, you know, a discount from being in the membership. And then you also get priority scheduling and then you also get this and you get that. And here's the kitchen sink and my dog. So you get like all of these things thrown at you. And as a client, it's like hard to comprehend all of that. You're like, okay, wait, so I get, you know, X amount of here and I get this and that. So how do you break that down to just like a simple terminology about what you're talking about? Is it just like, you know, here's an option for a discount year round? What's kind of your recommended option for simplifying that, you know, ex um, explanation of the recurring service and what they get? Yeah, I uh, honestly saying less is more. So oftentimes, you know, the, the, there's the old journal journalism adage. I'm sorry, I didn't have time to write less. Right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> keeping things uh, clear and, uh, you know, having clarity there is, is important. I think really what we try and do is we take the primary elements of the whole program and simplify it down into a couple couple things. So, for example, you know, uh, for the structure that we often recommend is a discount membership program. The more times you get you get serviced or your property gets serviced uh, year round, uh, the more you save per job. And that's a, a very simple thing of, you know, twice a year, you get this discount, you know, three times a year, four times a year, et cetera. Very simple. Some of the benefits of the program, priority scheduling, you know, um, those those simple bullet, bullet points in, in terms uh, for that, because when they see that, they can say, oh, you know, here's here's the bottom line um simple terms i think we often will try to over explain in like a long email for example we're trying to send an email to a customer to explain this or we stand there talking to the customer and we want to give them all the details because we want them to understand it but sometimes they don't want all the details at this point give them the you know the bare bones the basics of hey this is what you're getting here's the offer and then if they have questions allow them to come back to you and say hey i want to know about this um, 
and that really helps the the process so much more. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. No, it does. Because I think people do, like you're saying, overcomplicate it and they add too many words and then you're bombarding poor Miss Jones and she is not expecting it at that moment. She's not prepared for you to kind of sell this service to her right then and there on the job site. So being able to break that down into a simplistic terminology and really just you know, it sounds like really one to two sentences is what I'm hearing, like really keeping it short and sweet with, you know, follow ups that do have bullet points included. So maybe in a text message or an email or once you maybe she didn't go with for the first time, but later on we can break that down further. So that way we can potentially answer more of her questions. It doesn't have to be a complicated process. What I'm hearing from Andrew and I hope you guys are all hearing today is simple is best and making sure that we're being clear and concise to the client about the service that we're providing when it comes to recurring or membership or anything of that sort is very important to be simplistic, be concise, but also remember it takes multiple touches. So that's kind of where I'm wrapping up, but go ahead and finish with your last I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up. I think a very simple exercise to do in this this, uh, process is Put yourself in the customer's shoes or, you know, just imagine yourself as, hey, if I were given something about some program, whether it be in my business or different, what would I like to know if I'm a very busy person? I have lots of things going on. What would I need to know? And, right. you know, and how would I like to know about that information? It's all about you know good communication design, whether that be visual or you know verbal. I love it. All right. Well, I think Megan's going to go ahead and take over here. Andrew, I appreciate your time with me talking marketing in regards to recurring services. So I'll pass you off to Megan. Awesome. I I loved hearing Andrew you say 15 to 20. I was like, it's actually true. I hadn't really counted how many touch points we were hitting. Um, but I think we should take a step back and explain why this is so important for our listeners. Um, I think that we can talk briefly about how HVAC and plumbing have added in membership programs really successfully and they've integrated in recurring revenue. Or for our listeners who are in lawn care and in maid service, you've already done this. You know your run rate. You know every new customer, the value that customer is going to extend it out over the course of the year. Um, but let's talk a little bit about for those services that, that this is weird, like window cleaning memberships are weird. We're not really talking about that yet. Gutter cleaning when memberships are weird. We're not really talking about that yet. Um, we, we were talking to, oh, I mean, I feel like everybody we talked to now, I'm like, oh, you should have a membership or, oh, you should have a recurring revenue model. So can you share a little bit about why you went down this path, why you went down this rabbit hole and like the economics of that for our listeners? Yes. So uh, when I started down this this path of a, a little while ago, a couple of years ago, um, really, it's about solving the age old problem of every business, no matter what business you have, uh, it can really be boiled down into two simple pillars or two, you know, this this framework, which we can argue about, you know, making it uh, more complex. But really, it's about two things, acquisition and retention. Can you acquire customers at a predictable rate, which is a marketing thing, uh, marketing and sales, and can you keep them? And so uh, I was trying to, both for myself and uh, and some other friends, uh, you know, other service uh, business owners around me, I was trying to understand how can we continue keeping them? We, we, you know, we spend a lot of money, we spend, you know, invest time and effort into getting amazing customers. How do we make sure we keep them? Uh, So that's where... I started, uh, at least in the service business, I was saying, how can we, um, you know, provide something for our customers that allows us to have revenue predictability, you know, work year round, because they're, they're calling us anyway, once or twice a year, 
to get servicing. So how do I make that actually happen and make sure that they're, they get on the calendar every single time? So that, that was just to extrapolate from that. That's, that's where all this started. Uh, and to me, I, um, you know, I'm going pa- to pause you for just a second. And um, I'm going to say that like so many times our listeners, you are sitting on a gold mine, a gold mine of a client list. And we, we think it's so sexy and fun to talk about marketing and sales and chasing that next customer and that new customer, but it's also expensive and exhausting. And we forget that we are sitting on this giant list of people who already know, like, and trust us. And we've forgotten to ask them what they want or what they need or how we can help them. And so what I one of the things that I love about recurring revenue is it's actually deepening those relationships with our existing clients. It's actually making us have more roots and like better feelings around that that house and that family and that service. Um, so, but we're supposed to talk about money, not about feelings. <laughs> right. The thing that happens there is instead of investing so much in chasing that next lead, what if we invested some and just serving our clients that have already, you know, done business with us. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that was the point to talk absolutely. about. Absolutely. But if you oh, want. Correct. And there's an amazing thing that happens, you know, we'll just t- touch on it briefly, but surveying your customers, right? Because this is not necessarily a money thing. But when, Actually, uh, I'm going to say, let's save that for Martha. I just realized like, yeah, let's let, let's let Martha talk about the surveying. Um, but talk about multiples because that's something multiples. Absolutely. So one of the amazing things that, oh, go, sorry. I can, I, uh, can I talk about, I have a quick comment about that. Uh, what happens, uh, we spend a lot of time together and, uh, we have a very precarious working relationship (laughs) and by precarious, I mean, we love each other and we love interrupting each other. It's it's great. (laughs) We, um, an amazing thing that happens when you start getting, you know, I, I call it, you know, revenue, pre- predictable revenue, right? Revenue predictability or, you know, um, annual recurring revenue is really what it is. Where When you have jobs on your calendar year round that you know you can count on that, oh, you know, Mrs. Jones is twice a year in, you know, May and December or, you know, February and August. They're, they're on those, it's on the calendar. Uh, it's incredible not only to have that revenue pre- predictability, but it also strangely enough, or not so strangely, increases the prospective valuation of your business. So when when people, when buyers or investors, VCs, whatever um, whatever buyers are out there are looking to invest and buy, you know, mergers, acquisitions, um, you know, business, particularly service businesses, they're looking for, is this, is there recurring revenue? What is, what is the revenue um, potential here? And when you go, when you turn around to sell a business, generally speaking, you have a couple of assets, you have the trucks, you have your equipment, you have your people, some of the human systems, you have your software and a customer list. But um, in the research that we found, your multiples, if you have predictable revenue, you know, whether it be a recurring revenue program, membership, etc., that multiple that you can sell your business for goes up by eight times, at least eight times what you could sell it for. Well, and we can talk about that, right? Like, so Andrew and I just gave a talk at a gutter cleaning uh, side conference of GutterCon, and we and we asked, like, what are you selling? And when people think through what they're selling, a lot of a lot of people said correctly, goodwill, right? They're selling this brand and this relationship with this client and with this neighborhood, and 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 we said, but how? 
Like what happens if you get hit by a bus tomorrow? <laughs> I was going to try not to talk about death, but here we are. We're going to talk about <laughs> what happens. The first question that you ask is like, what, what happens when you die? And I'm like, oh my if goodness, this question goes yeah. several different ways. <laughs> yeah, it was very, I thought it was effective, very sobering. Yeah. Uh, if you die today, the question was like, do your employees get paid on Friday? And does your family get paid next week? Like what happens to all the people that you support? And, and do your customers get service, right? So, but we're not going to- What happens when you retire is another question as well. Oh yeah, retirement, that, that sounds way more fun. But this idea that uh, our client list is not nearly as valuable as we think without us, because it's very surrounded to us and our personality and our systems. And so how do we make those systems stronger? How do we make that relationship stronger? How do we make that relationship transferable? And part of it is really getting to know that house and really getting to know that family and really getting to know that neighborhood and building that relationship and then putting a name on it, like a service agreement, right? We are going to take care of your homes, Mrs. Jones. We are going to be in the business of maintaining your home. Like we are going to take this chore off of your plate. And once we put a service agreement on it, suddenly that is more transferable. Now, it's not a guarantee that Mrs. Jones is going to stay with you, but when a buyer comes because you've been hit by a truck or you've decided to retire or whatever, uh, now they're actually buying more than just trucks and ladders. Now they're buying relationships. And I, I feel like the, the math that we've done is really compelling about we've worked so hard, so many blood, sweat and tears in our businesses. Uh, and yet when it comes time to exit, there's not a lot there to show for it. Like in the window cleaning world, you can you can usually see like three months of your gross receipts is a is a solid valuation. Um, and so if we could if we could multiply that by eight, that feels a little bit better. So awesome. Okay, I think did we hit it. Did we give them the the compelling math reasons of why they should chase recurring revenue? I I think so. I think we did too. Um, and then and then they can go back to the how of Tay section, right? So if you're listening to this, that, you know, Andrew, what I heard him say was keep it simple, keep it customer focused, keep keep asking because they actually need it. Don't be afraid to ask them. Um, and, and I love that. So we're going to pass you to Michelle and uh, you guys are nerd out about all things AI, automation, tech stack. I'm not sure where you're headed, but I can't wait to hear <laughs> No, I want to hear, I want to hear, Andrew, now that you've sold this product to your customers, right? Tell me how the folks either in the office or the business owner can run that tech stack in the background. And how is that a simple process for them? How do you kind of see that vision um, that we can share with our listeners? Absolutely. And uh, I, if there's one thing you know about me in, in this whole conversation is I'm an automation nerd. I want to automate as many things in my life. I've also learned if we have time later, I can tell a couple of funny anecdotes about there's some things that shouldn't be automated. <laughs> we can get into that. I don't know if I, Martha, if we talked about that um, this past week, but uh, I told that story a couple of times. So, so in regards to automating this maintenance and membership program that one of the, one of the or recurring revenue, right? One of the primary problems I, I, we found is when we try to, as uh, in the service business, and we're talking specifically home service businesses, um, when we're trying to build membership programs, maintenance programs, uh, a, a lot of us try to start tracking things either via paper or you know Google Sheets, um, you know Excel spreadsheets, mm -hmm. etc., and that works up to a certain point 
sort of, maybe. <laughs> you have, you know, your the last service date of the customer and you're like, oh, well, this is the next time we need to call them. Or you just have a list of customers that you call every year and say, hey, it's time to get scheduled and you do that. Um, and that's, sure. that's fine. But I want to make sure that they, that they're actually, you know, on the calendar. So for the, to simplify the whole process, the way I wanted to do when, when we built this product, the way I wanted to run it is we, once the customer signs up, I don't have to do anything whatsoever. It takes into account their last service date. It projects out, all, you know, all the, the future dates, it wow. um, you know, communicates with them. I don't want to have to touch that, that customer again. I just either myself or send my team out to go service the property at the given times. So as much of that process that is automated, I, I do that. I, I automate it. And I feel like I don't know if you have to say, you dig deeper you, into that. I think we forgot to say that you own a gutter cleaning company and that you've helped several other gutter cleaning companies. So for the listeners, Correct. when he says, oh, that's we, helpful. Good. Yeah. Solving, I feel like that's important to hear. Like he was solving this problem for himself and then for his friends and now for, for many people. But this was a pain point that you were really struggling with, Andrew, was to, Correct. to Correct. deliver on your promise. Right. I mean, that's, that is one thing. Uh, I, in the power of automation, right? When um, I had a friend come to me and he's, he said, you know, I, um, he owned a, a home service business and he's like, I am working all day, working all night. I, you know, do all the servicing during the day with my teams and I come back and I quote everyone, you know, I manage all the leads and everything. And I try and quote, and I know people are, are going, falling through the cracks. And so to make a long story short, I came in and said, Hey, let's, let's figure this out and systemize everything. And we automated his entire, you know, leads in quoting all the communication, every single process to where uh, the outcome of that was he was able to go down from working, you know, 80 hours a week down to four day weeks. And he was able to double and triple his revenue, his monthly revenue in the six months after that. So when, when we talk about, you know, outcome and, and, you know, that's kind of goes into personal mission. The reason why I love getting up every day and talking about automation, and everything <laughs> is it's not just about saving time. It's really transforming our lives. It's, it's being able to, sure. uh, you know, live more meaningful and impactful lives. So anyway, I got really philosophical there, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So if we put a membership program into our business, we're a home service business owner. Is there, I'm sure there is, but tell me about the human component that is part of that membership. Is there like quality checks and like calling the customer and making sure things are going okay? Or have you automated all of that as well? Tell me kind of where can you fit the human touch part in there? Or is that something you see kind of shifting away from? I mean, that's a question, honestly. Right. Well, the goal behind all automations or the goal behind most automations is really to not only save time, uh, but I, I also want to make sure that when we automate things, it doesn't take away from the human experience. Um, yeah. So you're, you're right about asking that. We, we don't want our customers to feel like they're dealing with a robot. Uh, so yeah. I make, I, I want to make sure that when we you know do all that, we, we still, I still know exactly who Mrs. Jones is. I know that, you know, she lives here you know, at, at this address and here are her interests and, and likes and et cetera. Um, we haven't at this point in the membership program put into effect, you know, check like uh, check-ins, like human check-ins. Okay, um, sure. But we send we send our emails or we send you know the, the text messages or or voicemail. Uh, we'll also you know drop voicemail bombs um, in into their voicemail Perfect. with the human element. So we we try every every touch. 
What, what's that? In outbound calls. So we can, we send automations to our call center and to our office admin saying, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. This customer or call this customer. I actually got um, a call from a small shout out to Jill's office. I got a call from my call center the other day and I answered it and they were pitching me a membership. And, and, <laughs> and, like, Joke. and then I finally realized like I'm a test customer in response of it and they were just following. Of course. <laughs> I, I finally realized like, oh, you're actually calling the owner and I'm good. Thank you. But wow. Talk about like a human component to an automated system that's so automated that I forgot that I had set up this system <laughs> and that I was talking that's to perfect. a real person about this thing. It was so awesomely beautiful and silly. Um, but I, don't, I feel Love like leveraging that, that human component with that automation and then the system part of like, I set it and I forget it or, or Andrew mm -hmm. said it yeah. and I forget. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's it's about automating or delegating, right? For for you personally yeah. is if if you can't automate it and, and make it a meaningful uh world-class experience for your customer, um if you can't do that in a meaningful way, then 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 we delegate it over to to someone, you know, call center, etc. Um so again, it's about making the whole the whole process that a, a human experience. Um which we could easily pass into an AI discussion about that, but that's <laughs> Well, about, you know, that's kind of where I was going. And so oh, really? if you okay. add the human component, yes, that's where I was going. So then now, now that we know that the human component is part of it, now how do you shift that to being AI so that that experience isn't, you know, degraded in any way? Do you see that happening in the future? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if it's not happening right now, then uh, in the future, I mean, we, we passed the Turing test a long time ago, right? And, and for those who don't yeah. know about the what the Turing test is. It was a, a test on humans to see if they could distinguish between a human or a computer in terms of conversation. Mm. And we passed that a long time ago. Um, I, I don't even know back in, it was like post-World War II, but correct me if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> Fact check me. Um, so uh, because, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, you're saying about the future of conversation and everything. Um, yeah. Conversational AI is, is here. There's there's actually tools out there that um, I, we're actually exploring right now. Um, I don't know. Cool. Name <laughs> you had like one yesterday, I think. Well, I can't remember what it was. but I did, Yeah, I, I texted you. Uh, well, I mean, ChatGPT is the, the first publicly available. Um, I got to pause you real quick. Michelle, the text yesterday was like, can we please have a Slack channel? I don't like texting you. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, Michelle Myers in the house. Keep trying. <laughs> Four. We're at three years now. We're three years in. I'm trying. Three years. I've been ahead of you. <laughs> I'm trying. You're you're on a text message thread. Still text message or Slack? She, I've, I've been. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, I've been trying to get her into Slack for three years. Is what I was saying. So well, yeah, I'm with I'm, you. I've, I'm on your side trying. as well. I'm on your side. I want. I want to. <laughs> I want to have that happen. Um, Yay! <laughs> so uh, well, so uh, ChatGPT is a, is one of the. It launched in December. It's kind of broken the world. And I, um, if you haven't played around with it or, you know, learned about it, then I highly recommend that you do. Uh, it's first publicly available language um, AI model. And um, to keep things brief, because of this, this um, you know, tool that has been built, there's a couple other iterations um, from other companies that have been built at this point. Other people have been able to build on top of that and build, you know, co cooler tools cooler tools. So uh, more helpful. So for example, here's one. Uh, it's, I, I think, custom G, custom GPT is, is the name of it. And there's several by different names. But the idea is that you can upload uh, for twofold, your internal team members or yourself, 
um, employees or even customers, current customers or prospective customers. This is, this is a tool to help them. So you upload mm -hmm. your handbook for employees, your, your benefits packages, any internal SOPs, documentation, you know, standard operating procedures, that sort of thing. And you upload all these documents into, into the, the AI model. And okay. uh, it can actually, you know, it, it categorizes everything and then becomes basically a chattable, <laughs> chattable feature. So then your employees can say, hey, uh, what was um, what is our benefits or what's our policy on, you know, paid time off or, um, you know, mm -hmm. what particular benefits? And it will actually answer things in a very, you know, very, um, you know, conversational way. Personal, yeah. Mm -hmm. Personal and human, very, very human. Yeah. Uh, outside of them being having to, you know, do command F or, you know, control F and try and find it in the, the, the Microsoft Word document, then try to understand that um, it makes the whole process easier. So for team members, it's a huge help for that. On the employees, uh, on the customer side, uh, having either customer support or, you know, questions about pricing, or if you have a full document of every single thing about your window cleaning company, you know, the pricing model, mm -hmm. et cetera, imagine if, you just had, it's not just a chat bot that you've set into, you know, set into sequences of answers, question answers. It's an actual, basically person that is answering questions like, hey, wow. what's your pricing about windows? Like, what's your policy about French panes? Or, um, you know, how do you clean gutters? You know, what's, what is your method? Wow. And it's able to answer that in, a, in an effective and, you know, efficient way without any human involvement based on the content that you've created, uh, that you've, you've put into there. And trained, trained the, love the model. It. So, I love it. That's what it. I'm this very is, excited about, is... about the future of AI. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. That was super, super helpful. I know now how you're making people essentially superhuman through this use of not only automations, but AI. So thank you. That's awesome. Speaking of humans, I'm going to pass you off to Martha. Thanks so much, Andrew. You're welcome. Oh, and can we interrupt with a plug for admin bootcamp? We did a demo of ChatGPT, and Michelle and I were like nerding out at the front of the room. The whole room was like on fire. We wrote client fire letters. We wrote W9 emails. We wrote job descriptions. It can write a training program. We wrote proposal emails. Like these admins, they were like, wait, what? Yeah. We wrote. <laughs> We've written a resume, we've written a bio, we've written like so many things with ChatGPT. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Tay was it's doing a meal plan, weren't you, just now? Meal plan or, or your exercise plan or something? Yeah, I just did, uh, while we've been on Fight Club, I did a seven day meal plan and my grocery list. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop interrupting, but uh, Andrew forced me to learn about ChatGPT during a meeting that I didn't have time for it, and I am very grateful. Every single day, I have been very grateful. So thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Yeah. And if I, if I can, this is a good bridge between the systems and the, and the, and Martha's section as well. I've actually used it as I've been hiring and building out my, my team with, with Blue Renegade and, and hiring on new, no code and low code engineers. Um, obviously I know some of the requirements and uh, requirements skills that would be required, but I went through in about 10 to 15 minute process. I asked ChatGPT, I was like, Hey, how, um, you know, what are some things that you should be look, I should be looking for in, in these engineers. And then I said, can you write a job description for this particular role? And it did it. I was like, awesome, great. What are, uh, what are some of the other things I should be looking for? And how, how do I test for those skills? And it gave me a couple examples. And one of them was, you can design a test project for them to work on. So then I asked it, 
what are three to five different test projects I could give to my, you know, my applicants. And it gave, it gave them to me. It, it, so it was, it was going deeper and deeper. And just in about 10 to 15 minutes, I'd, I'd spent, uh, you know, it could have been six hours, a six hour process, but I finished it in just a short amount of time. Uh, so again, it's very meaningful and it helps, um, you know, bridging the gap between systemizing and automating things while also creating more meaning, meaningful human experiences. This stuff is dangerous for people like us. Yeah. You know, talk about going down a rabbit hole and uh, just uh -huh. like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you could, you could upload like all your policies and just a, a ton of information on the back end. And then on an employment page, you could let them ask all these questions and then just have a conversation with them about, you know, you could basically say, what would you like to know about our company? And then they could, and same for clients, of course, but I can just see that conversation go on. And, uh, and then I'm also thinking, you know, we're working with a, an employee predictability company. And a lot of this is the AI, you know, uh, it's really fascinating. Do you know that Andrew started in medical recruiting? Like, and he did like the marketing for recruiting. And so I feel like that was awesome. And I don't, yeah. I've told Andrew many times, Andrew, don't distract me. I cannot go down that rabbit hole. I don't, I don't even want to know that's possible today because my brain can't handle it. <laughs> um, yeah. Things are moving very fast. Things are moving very fast in this industry. So, <laughs> uh, well, um, it, you, you guys mentioned earlier, uh, I wrote it down that, you know, we spend a lot of time on marketing to clients when we should be focusing on retaining them. And that made me think of employees that honestly, if your marketing and your automation in that hiring funnel is good, then, and you've chosen the right employee, you should be able to retain them. And right. it, it really, and and I, it just made me think about, you know, there's things in your company that are kind of like a membership program, but for employees. And I'm feeling like maybe that's the way we should change some of our verbiage because when your employees enter that higher level where they're in that pay for performance level, that's a type of membership you know, and, uh, and we don't, that's one thing that most of us don't do well enough is elevating the status when they're reaching those numbers. It's more about the payout and not enough about that elevated status. But funny thing is, that's not really even what I wanted to talk to you about, Andrew. That's, that's right. We are one in the same as far as like, <laughs> yeah, all yeah, happens, yeah. but um, you mentioned surveys earlier and we said we would stop and wait for my section to talk about surveys. So yes. I'm going to pass that to you and let you talk about surveys. 
Sure. And, and to wrap up kind of what you were just talking about, I think the framework of acquisition and retention, I think we talked about either with Tay or Megan, um, the acquisition and retention framework for customers, it happens with employees as well. How do you acquire and keep good employees at a predictable rate? So uh, that's absolutely very important. Um, so talking about surveying, uh, this happens for both on the customer side and on the employee side, which is really in your wheelhouse, Martha. So uh Talking about real quick, I'll just give a 30 second um, brief. When when building a recurring revenue program, one of the first things we wanted to do is simply ask our customers, ask our customers and say, what what do you want? Uh, you know, and in, a, in an intelligent and uh, uh, efficient way. And so we were actually pleasantly surprised by a lot of the, um, the results of that. I think in this particular case, I'll, I'll just briefly mention uh, when we asked our customers about the frequency uh, or about how often would you like to, would you like your property to be serviced with these particular services? Um, we were really surprised at uh, what, at the results over 78%, I think, Megan, 78% um, of our customers wanted to have their property serviced more than twice a year. And so in our minds, we just thought, oh, our, our customers want to be serviced. You know, they're generally right now getting serviced once or maybe twice a year. But well, we had a large portion of our three years, like or once every five years. I mean, they really were not being serviced on a regular schedule, despite our efforts. In in my case, in my business's case, yeah. Right. So they they wanted you know twice a year or every four months, every three months. Um, I, I don't think uh, I, for for our businesses historically, we've actually had a couple for every one or every two months, which is uh, pretty pretty amazing. Um, so what's amazing about that survey, though, is for our customer side, and I'll, I'll get to the, the team employees, Martha, in a second. But uh, when we asked that question of, hey, uh, what services do we offer that have you, have you used and how often do you, do you want these? Not only was it actually getting information from them, but um, it was also priming their minds, you know, psychologically, you know, uh, kind of not psychologically. That sounds like manipulative, but it was it was uh, pre-framing pre-framing their minds to think about, oh yeah, I would love to have my, you know, windows, gutters, like house wash, you know, carpets cleaned twice a year or every three months, or, you know, it, it pre-framed that so that when we did publish and, and launch our recurring revenue or our membership program or maintenance program, they were ready and said, oh my word, yes, please, this is amazing. And so that was, that was an incredible thing about surveying them, uh, serving our customers. And which is why it's one of the first things that we do in our service ally program is uh, we send a survey to, to the customer base. Secondly, um, I think this is probably something you want to talk about is on the team member side, right? So the acquisition and retention um, and serving uh, team members and employees. I don't know. Do you, did you, where do you want to take this conversation? So I know. I've okay, take it wherever story. you want to. Um, I think one thing that we, we often don't realize is we're get, we get so busy in chasing after customers and trying to you know get new customers and keep them that we kind of don't think about um, think about uh, our employees or our, I don't like using the word employees. I like team members, uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But thinking about them as also our target audience, we want to be engaging them. We want to, them to uh, be happy and healthy. And when our when our employees are happy. When our team members are, are happy, uh, they take care of our customers and make our customers happy. Yeah. So um, I know this is one thing that you're, you're very passionate about is understanding are, are our employees, are our team members uh, happy and healthy and, you know, working efficiently. So uh, using automation and, and tools like that to either not just check in, you know, having 
you know, survey, surveying your, your, your team members and employees, but also just being like, Hey, how are things going? You know, yeah, what's happening. So, yeah, you know, that. we were small enough that, and I would say, unless you get over, like, this is just me, this is my opinion, but unless you get over like 20, 25 employees, I personally prefer to survey them in person. So I would survey them at our monthly staff meeting every month. And we just, we had sections that were, you know, we had like a monthly meeting agenda template. And in part of that template was surveying their satisfaction. And the reason that I like to do that in person is because I could weed out the BS. So, um, qualitative think, as opposed to quantitative. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think there's absolutely a place for online surveying to your employees, but we would go around the room and, you know, and as you get very big, then maybe you make them turn that in and you've right. accumulated the scores prior to the meeting. Um, but right. think, if, if, sorry, I don't, I, if I can interrupt you there, I think sure. the, the key here is um, I, I know we talked about automation, but in, in this case, I'd like to actually talk about uh, it's a systemization. So the way you're describing, um, you know, most, most of our businesses, uh, you know, and those who are joining us today may have five, 10, 15, you know, 20 employees, we, we were mostly small businesses. Um, and so I agree that the more uh, in-person approach is, is helpful, but you just mentioned there that you have, you have a system, you have a template and you have a process, yeah. whether it, it's, it's still, uh, it's a human, you know, in-person process, but you still have a process that is ultimately, you know, automating or saving you some time uh, so that it's, it's it's not like you're starting from ground zero every single time you sit down with an employee and said, how are you doing? You know, are you happy? Right. What's <laughs> what's your satisfaction, et cetera. Right. And so whether you do it automated prior to the meeting or you ask at the meeting, um, what I like to do is have my scale, have them rate it, you know, whether it's a one to five or one to 10 happiness level. And then you ask them, what would it take to move that number by one? What, if you're rating it at a seven, what would it take to move it to an eight? And that's when you get some of that feedback that you were getting out of your surveys to clients that's saying, these are the things that are needed. Um, and then you can take that information and then, you know, follow up. So sometimes my employees would say, you know, I want this benefit. And, and so, you know, in practical examples, maybe you're at the top of your budget for benefits. So then you're having a conversation about, okay, I can't add this benefit without interchanging it for something else. And then you're having that conversation about maybe this isn't as valuable to people anymore and they'd rather have this. So 
that's where those conversations are good. And the other thing that I would say is when people give, if you're surveying on a scale of 10 and people give a 10, what I like is being able to say, you know, to their face, say, so everything is perfect. There is absolutely nothing we could do better. And, uh, you know, and when is that really? Right. Yeah, and, right uh, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I love this. And we do this thanks to Martha. Like we survey every week. But Andrew has something very interesting about the way he surveys himself. Can you tell Martha about your uh, your scale system? Oh, I would love it. my mind because it it's so smart because it solves that zero or ten that polarity of like how are you feeling? Do you know where I'm? Yeah, so, uh, exactly. No, I, I do. So, um, in terms of the scale from like zero to ten, zero to ten when when surveying that that can work in some cases, but I when you do that the uh, the end result is always going to be the average of six or seven. So it, the, the case that Megan's talking about that, that I, I told her about is I, I developed a, a whole system, an automated system, Michelle, of surveying my myself. So I wanted to understand uh, my biology and energy levels throughout the day and also do some habit tracking, et cetera. So I set up an automation to text me at the beginning and end of, of the day. So text me. Uh, a, a link to a, a forum at the beginning and end of the day, and it asked me a couple of simple questions. One of those of questions is, did. "What's that?" I said, "Of course you did." Of course I did. Yes. So one of uh, Andrew's my people. Andrew's my people. Yes. <laughs> oh, you can have so, a whole discussion about your enneagram types, and I bet Michelle and Andrew are similar, and it would. That would be, we could have a whole, okay, keep going. Oh, for sure, is, for sure. We're running out of time, but I want, then I want, Martha's going to love this scale that you built. So keep going. Right. So two of the questions on that survey at, at the beginning of the end of the day, I asked, uh, I asked myself basically, uh, hey, how are you feeling today? Like how, what's your happiness level? Uh, you know, from on a scale of negative two to two. And I actually took out zero in that point because I wanted it to be more uh, binary, more, um, you know, specific. And I also, also asked the question like about energy. How are you feeling on a scale of negative two to two? And when you do that, it takes all of the, it, it takes all the average of like seven out of it. Because what I wanted to know is over the course of months and, you know, weeks, days, weeks, months, um, I wanted to see the energy cycles. Because uh, I, I was finding, I know this is, not about people necessarily, but I was wow. finding that my energy was going in, in ways of every six to eight weeks and every six to eight weeks, or sometimes, you know, 10, I would just hit a massive burnout period. And I, I hate my life. I hate everything. I hate everyone. And I just, I want to quit everything. Uh, and so I found that when, when I was starting to, to near one of those, uh, one of those energy dips, I just needed to take a long weekend, you know, take a couple days off, read, rejuvenate, recover. And then I hit, I'm, I'm motivated again. And I hit, hit the ground running uh, really quickly and efficiently. So, but to Megan's point, I, I wanted to understand the binary of negative two to two. It was a better serving tool for myself. Um, Cause otherwise I would get, a, I would get just average of seven every single time. And that wouldn't really tell me anything, anything uh, helpful about the data. Wow. And, and like, <laughs> about his energy throughout the day and his energy throughout the week. And he's like really nerding out about energy management, which is like, I think, hacking to an extreme of like, why do we fight a 40 hour work week? Hour work week? It's, it's, but, oh we can have another whole, I think, fight club about this, about this <laughs> and productivity and energy management. But where we wanted the polarity. I like, love it. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, mean, I love that. Oh, good. Sorry. Michelle, I, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say real quick thing. I, I that whole uh, topic or, or discussion, I, I go after energy management as opposed to time management. So uh, I'd rather work three or four hours a day, and that's not my actual work day, but I'd rather have four hours of high, you know, 100%, 120% um, capacity where I'm working, you know, at the highest peak of my performance versus eight hours of mediocre meh. Um, yeah. And so, that, I mean, honestly, one application from this past week is Tay and I were talking right before the call. It We all went to a conference and I now build in a day of recovery, whether it be a weekend day or a work day. Um, and I take that day completely off. Don't do meetings and try not to do work because I found that if I try and work on that first day back from traveling, conference, vacation, whatever, um, mm -hmm. I'm really I'm I'm like 60 percent at 60 percent performance throughout the week versus if I just took the time to rest, I'd be at 100% for four days, which is much better. Much so good. Yeah, we, we literally said it's okay to watch the the silly reality TV on the day before you go back to work. Like, that's perfectly fine to just binge yeah. that. And what's your guilty pleasure, Ted? What's your, yeah, what's your... 100%. The bachelor's, bachelor, bachelor, bachelorette, my guilty pleasure. I'm there. That's me. <laughs> right now for, yeah, anyway, go ahead. I'm, I was just going to say, I'm going to pass it back to Tay because we're running out of time. But uh, yes, it is fascinating. And I was thinking of a couple of people as you were talking, thinking, oh, my gosh, they would love this. Right. As they get into that, whether it's like uh, vitamin supplements or, you know, right. just a bunch of different things. So one thing, if I may take like. Sure, 40 seconds to talk good. about this. One thing that we kind of touched on that it's a little different topic, Martha, is um, in using automation or using you know systems to really uh, better increase the employee and the, 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 um, the team member experience. And one way that this is, I haven't been able to formalize this yet, but uh, I've, I've helped other people implement this or I've seen this done really well, is we have, um, I, I've automated my whole applicant tracking system, you know, that hiring process, yeah. uh, even to the onboarding process and everything. And one thing that uh, I, I try and do, maybe this this would be helpful or meaningful to everyone here, is um, in those, in, you mentioned those surveys or like surveying, how are things going? How are we doing? Yeah. Uh, in the onboarding process, what I what I have done and what I want to do is ask have conversations with my with my team members say hey what are some goals that you have what you what would you like to get out of this role out of this career uh mm -hmm. and I, I survey them in that way so that at the beginning of the process i have kind of a benchmark or you know a, an anchor point of what they wanted to do uh right. at the beginning. and then, then throughout the process I'm, I'm trying to help them create a a basically a career plan and yeah. my, my philosophy behind that is i i um i view team members and and in culture building and people as I, I am here, there's seasonality to everything. And sometimes that's with people as well. And so yeah. I, I don't get too attached to people. I'm like, Hey, I want what's best for you as a team member. If you're going to come work with me, whether that's that be for, you know, six months, whether it be for 10 years, there's, there's seasonality to that. So I want you to, to get to the next level of whatever goals or uh, you have in your life, whether that, that's with me or not. And so we try to use you know systems about you know tools, technology to help um, help you know kind of systemize that process uh, because it makes it makes it much more meaningful to the the team members. So just wanted yeah. to put that in there. That's a really helpful uh, tool or way of thinking, frame way of thinking about that. Yeah, we had a fifty-two week 
automated onboarding system and and you know oh. had a bunch of yeah it had education it had touch points but if if you're the listener and you don't have any type of follow-up for your employees then at the very least i would recommend automating reminders for touch points because you to yourself to to, to you yeah you exactly owner, right? so that you're automating reminders to the office manager the owner whoever to do one-on-ones and check in with your employees and you'll want to set it up for those crucial times that you know you lose people so uh i we did it in at the end of training we did it at one month three months six months and a year is the way that we would do that um so that's at the very least but yes i love right all and that's things automated and that's, that's, i have to go i'm so sorry okay 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 let's let's do homework Go ahead and mm-hmm. give your homework and I'll give the rundown on how to do homework once you're done. Okay, I'm gonna give my homework and then I'm gonna bounce. I'm sorry, Andrew, thank you for being here. And I love talking nerdiness with all of you. Like Michelle is drooling just now. Um, your finance <laughs> homework for this week, Kay's gonna give you the rundown on, on what we mean by homework, but your finance homework for this week is to look at what your business is worth today. And just be realistic with yourself. What are you actually selling? And what would somebody else get for it? and try to take your feelings out of it. Just try to think about what is this worth? And once you have that kind of self-evaluation, what are some things that you could do to change that number? What are some things that you can do today to change that number? And uh, in the Facebook group, I will drop some books that I've read that have helped me change that number over the years. Um, But that is your finance homework for this week. And love you all, thank you. Bye, awesome. So homework consists of everyone is just this is a way to make sure you're being held accountable each week by listening to our podcast so we want to make sure that you put into action what you hear this week and really really be diligent and intentional about that so we only want you to choose one piece of homework and that is for a reason this can go very deep some of these homeworks as megan just said that's a very you know deep piece of homework to make sure that you are working on for your business so As we go through, Andrew, you're more than welcome to give homework. We'll kind of save you for the end. But just a reminder, Megan's homework was to look at what your business is worth today and then what you can do today to make sure you can change that number. So marketing homework is going to be what can you, what service in your business could you turn into recurring? And I want you to just take a look at that. And most, most business owners have a service that they can do that with. And we just haven't taken the time to look at our services and really see how we can better our customers experience, which is, in my opinion, very much a marketing piece is making sure your customers are happy so they stay with you longer. So we're going to look at your services that you have currently. We don't need to add anything new. I don't want you to add a brand new service that's recurring. I want you to look at what you have currently and see what you can add as a recurring service. Ooh, good stuff. And your systems homework is to check out custom GPT. 
I might have already gone on and opened an account while we were on Fight Club. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. So I want all of my dorky friends to join me there and figure out how we can add a chat bot. I'm going to add it. Actually, I'm going to take your advice, Martha, because we have a ton of people that apply to work with us that do have a lot of questions. So I'm going to try it there and see how it works and then move it to the customer experience. So I'm going to try it with employees and see how it works. So exciting. Thank you, Andrew. Awesome. Okay. Your employee homework is going to be to add those touch points that I talked about. So if you don't have automated reminders to do a one-on-one with your employees, you need to do that. And like I say, mine were uh, during training and then at the one month at the three month, the six month was a performance eval and the 12 month was a performance eval, but those are still touch points. Um, You don't have to do my increments. You figure out where you're losing people and that's where you need to get them in before that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Andrew, you wanna give them some homework? Yeah, I mean, you, you had, all of you had amazing amazing homework points. Uh, I think that one, one thing I normally, uh, one question or topic I, I usually discuss in conversations of all the things I'm passionate about, which as you can see, there's many, many things that you know, I could talk about things for hours. So if anyone ever wants to jump on a call and talk about AI, about you know, data, about marketing systems, culture building, et cetera, I, I'm, I'm here. I think one thing, one uh, question or you know, a couple of questions that st- sticks out to me uh, to implement is, when you think about recurring revenue, when you're thinking about you know, marketing, systemizing things, people, I think the, the primary uh, question that we should ask ourselves is ultimately, what do we want out of XYZ? Uh, and I know we didn't really talk about goal setting necessarily, but I feel so often as, as business owners, we often will set these, you know, you do your, your planning at the beginning of the year. You say, I want, you know, oh, I'd like to grow by X amount or, and some of us don't even do that, but um, being consistent and thinking about, you know, what do I want? Where, where am I going with all this? And uh, what, how do I get there uh, is really critical because that's where that ultimate, you know, overarching thought work or framework or, you know, goal is what everything else leads into. It's, it's what leads into marketing. How many customers do I need to get to my, you know, revenue goals for this year? Um, system, you know, Megan's not, not here, but you know, m- m- money and everything. Like if, if my goal is to sell or exit the business in a certain amount of years, uh, what does that look like? And what do I need to do to, to take it there? Systems, how do I fire myself from the business or from these areas? Um, if my goal is to retire in 10 years or 15 years or five and, and then people, you know, what, it, with this this goal in mind, what people do I have to bring on in order to make this vision or this goal, uh, you know, achievable? So I think that that boils under my homework is think about think about that, put it, bring out a piece of paper and write write that down because uh, that that can be one of the most meaningful and helpful things to really get uh, clarity on. Uh, are you are you moving forward towards uh, actually what you want and in all these different areas? So. I don't know. How's that for homework? Is that good? (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. That was great. That was perfect. And then Andrew, (laughs) we always end with a quote. And I found this one while we had our time together and I thought it was really good. Um, And it's the one from Josh Kaufman. And he says, the paradox of automation, the more efficient the automated system, 
the more crucial the contribution of the human operators of that system. I think we touched on that for sure a couple of times today. Thank you so much for joining us. You are an absolute pleasure and a joy. And now we know why Megan loves you so much and spends so much time with you. <laughs> so How would somebody get time. a hold of you, Andrew? I was going to say, I feel like people oh, are going to yeah, need I'm to so know I'm so sorry, this. Tay. I'm so sorry, <laughs> no, Tay. I, didn't, I forgot that. <laughs> that's that's fine. Oh, for for what purpose or what? For what business are well, <laughs> you brought a lot of good touch points today. So, I mean, you can open the door. Do you want to give them an email? Do you want to just tell them? Just sure. I, I mean, even Facebook, if, if what would work best? Facebook, yeah, Facebook is probably the best. I mean, for recurring revenue, if if you have a home service business and you're interested in, you know, recurring revenue, if I'm, I just kind of give 30 to 45 minutes of my time on, on a strategy session with you to figure out, hey, how would you implement recurring revenue into your um, into your business? And we talk through that. So that's just more of a strategy session. So if you go to serviceally.io, I think uh, we have that link or we can drop it in the comments. Um, you can go and grab my calendar there. Uh, for any of my the other things that we talked about or interest or <laughs> <laughs> anything, um, we can uh, tag, tag my profile, my Facebook profile here and just shoot me a message. I, I read every message that comes in, obviously, to my Facebook. So that'd be the best way to do that. Beautiful. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Calendar link from Service Ally, so it's there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a <laughs> pleasure. I, I always get so hyped up and energized. You know, that's the other thing. I <laughs> we talked about energy management, right? And I see those dips. Uh, I try also conversation like this and and talking about meaningful topics with meaningful people you know it, it's it's amazing and it just gets me energized and excited and I'm, I'm so glad you guys were able to we were able to talk about all this today so yeah it's fun let's go make the make our businesses in the world a better place because you've got a lot of knowledge to give to our listeners so you, listeners be on the lookout we'll probably have them back on soon <laughs> all right listeners go fight go fight Bye, everybody. See ya. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.